It was on the 20th of July 1969, at exactly 2017 Coordinated Universal Time, that Commander Neil Armstrong and Lunar Module pilot Buzz Aldrin, both American, became the first humans to touch on the moon. That marked an astronomical feat for humanity, and some can say that it began the journey of space exploration. Now, ever since then, there hasn't been much that has been done in the sector of space exploration until recently with the likes of Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson you know, coming up with new projects on that. And most recently, there is a resurgence of the interest in space exploration. But an important question to ask is, what actually has been holding us back? from engaging in the project of space exploration. What motivation actually do we need to actually explore space? As human species, are we in danger in our planet? Do we actually need to become an interplanetary species? On the show today, I'll be discussing with Miss Helen Thong. Helen Thong is an emergent tech advisor an illegal futurist. She's also someone who's very passionate about space exploration. And she discusses with me about the real motivation that's actually needed in engaging in huge projects like space exploration. She also touches on the characteristics of entrepreneurship and the psychology that's behind successful entrepreneurship and bringing it side by side on how entrepreneurs can actually leverage on emerging technologies in order to create the business. So also touches on the reason for passion whatever business that one wants to engage in. So welcome on board as we dive right in. Artificial intelligence, nanotechnology, biotechnology. Powerful and cataclysmic. I think the emergence of artificial intelligence will redefine our lives forever. With this technology, our future hangs in the balance. Emergent technologies are the future of humanity. This is the Future Discussions Podcast. On this show, we talk about almost any issue that affects our future as humans. Look at this through the lens of emerging, converging and destructive technologies, paying close attention to how we can leverage on these technologies to create the kind of future we want. I am Augustus Chuku. Join me as I take you on this amazing journey of discovering our future and the powers locked within our emerging technologies. So it's with great pleasure that I would like to welcome you on the show, uh, Miss Helen Thong. If I got that correct, so if yes, that's okay yes, with you. Sorry. Okay, okay. So you welcome to the Future Discussions podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Okay. So um, just quickly, I would like to go. Uh, let's delve right into the uh, issue of the day. Um, you describe yourself as. Uh, an emergent tech advisor and a legal futurist, and uh, yes. you're, uh, and uh, I know that you you have your attention and your interest spread across uh, uh, different disciplinary fields, but you're particularly interested um, in space explorations uh, issues That's concerning right. that. Yeah, so so I like to to know why did you go into that? What interests you more about space exploration? Oh. Why did you go into that? Yeah, well, thank you. That's a very good question. I think I probably have two answers um, on a more sort of professional, I guess, ways. I My background's in law and policy. I've been working in that field for maybe like 14 years or so. And then I a few years back, I got selected uh, to attend Singularity University, which you may know is all about space travel and living yeah. forever. Yeah. So I spent three months at um, Singularity University and I was based at NASA Ames. And actually during that time, it was part of a global solutions program, which was about how can we impact on a billion people um, and their lives positively. 
So I teamed up with two other guys and uh, tried to do a sellout propulsion startup. It didn't work out, but it taught me a lot of things. And on that journey, it made me realize that despite having dreams about going to space, sometimes it's not so easy. But um, so on my work level, I'm at the eJapan Center and I'm basically helping out other startups to try and achieve what they want to do. Uh, on a more personal level, so I do meditation. um, it's not just you know closing your eyes and you know forgetting things but i think it's also when you're in a quiet place and you actually concentrate on nothingness right uh so this is where it gets a bit philosophical i did sense a lot of things um which you could include you know this concept of astral travel which is this idea of going to outer space um it's difficult to describe because it's not like you, you do it to, to want to go out there and experience it, but rather it's more a state of mind that you get to where you're very calm and you just feel there's another dimension to this world. And so I think for me, space is obviously the physical aspect of physically, you know, um, thinking about going to space and doing things to make space happen. And then the other thing is if you connect space and the universe, which I think is a slightly different thing. So the universe is, we can feel connected with the universe without having to physically go out to space. Um, okay. but, uh, my theory, my theory is in the future, we don't have to physically fly out to space because it's this idea of being connected to the universe, um, which arouses our interest to want to go to space. Um, so in a nutshell, what I'm trying to say is, Oh, I have a theory, which is at the end of the day, we're all stardust. <laughs> so when we're all gone, so physically gone and spiritually, we're not, you know, we're not on earth anymore. Um, we want to go back home, which is up into the skies, correct? And yeah. so that is the universe and the stars and all that. So for me, space exploration is more of a sort of philosophical and more deeper meaning than just, oh, it's very exciting, let's go to the moon. But rather it's more of a um, sort of conceptual, we're going back home. This idea of, you know, our spirit's, you know, going back to the universe, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's very fascinating. And I think uh, yeah. you're amongst the first persons uh, I've ever met, you know, to have this kind of perspective when it comes to uh, space, because you, you're looking at it not just from the perspective of let's, uh, it will be a fascinating thing. It will be an extraordinary thing that uh, uh, human beings will engage in, but you're looking at, looking at it from a whole different perspective, from a much deeper perspective. You know, from that uh, perspective of uh, the, our connection with the universe. Um, so from that perspective, I'd like to ask you the next question. Why do you actually think we should go to space? Now, I, I know you've touched on at the personal level that we should connect with the universe. But yeah. is it a necessity that we should go to space? Is it necessary? Why should yeah. we go to space? Why the whole thing about space exploration no, because you touch yeah. on, on your own personal level generally. Yeah, well, this is a very interesting point because I guess in life we all do things for different reasons. Yeah. But I think um, as human beings, we're usually quite curious and I can only speak for myself really. You know, I don't think it's a choice. You know, I feel it's like as humans, we're just curious. We just want to know and we want to explore, right? Um, you know, we go to the North Pole, South Pole, we've traveled, you know, it doesn't matter where you are from the world. You know, you could be a farmer, you could be a, you know, engineer, you could be a teacher and you just want to explore. And I think, you know, it's in our nature to want to find things out, you know, like for some people it's cooking a good, good meal. For some people it's, you know, how to like grow a plant. Um, and I think space has that kind of, um, you know, arousal, right? Like it, it's a sort of, close to it you know <laughs> um i think it's it's everyone's going to have a different take you know um, for some people you know as you might know there's some startups out there they're like oh i want to go out to space to make money there's some people that want to go out there because they want to explore like astronauts um and there are some people that are just curious maybe actually they don't even want to go to space but they want to know oh how is it like you know being out there and i think that's the kind of trend we're seeing that you know, like for 50 years, and this is a very important year because it's the 50th anniversary of the Apollo landing. And when you speak to people working in space, they have so many theories. Some people say, did we really land on the moon? Because if you think about it, for 50 years, we haven't gone back. Like, I'm not talking about the recent landing by the Chinese with the robots. I'm talking about physically setting foot 
on the moon again. And some people ask, is it because of lack of willpower, lack of resources, lack of technology? But you go, wait a second, that can't be right because we have better technology. Like we're Skyping like this or we're talking like this where, you know, maybe 10 years ago more we would never, right? And and I think the, the difference now is in the past we left it to the scientists, we left it to the governments, we left it to bureaucracy to try and take us out there. But now people are doing it themselves. Like, for example, Elon Musk, um, you know, Richard Branson, they all have a vision, which is we want to go and explore space. And it's open to everyone. Um, you might say, well, the problem right now, it's too expensive and it's only limited to the billionaires, which to a certain extent, it's true. But so I have a, I have a theory, right? Um, I call it, you know, the law of attraction. I don't know if you've heard of this word. Law of yeah, attraction. Uh, yeah, I've heard the law of attraction. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we attract the things we want in life to us. Yeah. Space is a bit big. So I would call it, we need collective consciousness. Have you heard of that term? Yeah, collective consciousness, yeah. 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 So a good example would be uh, Mahat Gandhi. Okay, he believed in peace peaceful protest. So it wasn't just him. It was people believing in his vision that came together to make it happen. Right. So let's say we believe in freedom. We believe in certain values in life. We believe in space exploration, right? If you think of it, not as a opportunity, but as a given right that the the earth is for us to explore or, or be like air that we breathe and we're not limited to just the rich, not limited to just the people that have the technology but everyone has the opportunity, then I think you break down the barriers of education, language, yeah. and opportunity, right? Because um, so I've done some work with UNESCO, and we talk a lot about the global south, and we talk a lot about, you know, you know technology. It could be a great, you know, um, bringing of people together, or it could be a great divider, the have and the have-nots, right? Yeah. But I think for me, space is the next frontier. So for me, I feel this, this sense of wanting to do something, it's, it's actually... Okay, so I'm quite a deep person, so I'm going to interpret it deeply, which is a collective consciousness. And for some people, I think it's faster. You know, like we say, some people mature faster. Yeah. <laughs> um, for other people, it, they may not be interested at all, right? And I can understand that because when you speak to some people, they're like, you know, we have poverty. We have people starving. You know, we have so many problems on earth. Why are we going to space? So I, I look at it differently and I say, okay, do you feel space is an experience? an inspiration and 99% will say yes. And what does it do to people? I'll give you an example. I was in Bosnia Herzegovina training entrepreneurs, right? And so how it would work is for a whole week, I would have entrepreneurs come in, you know, one by one, we have a one hour session and they will pitch to me as if I'm an investor. Okay. So they would tell me how wonderful their products is. Um, They sell the best product. Okay. So you're based in Nigeria, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So tell me the best product you have in Nigeria. Yeah, I think uh, the best products we have in Nigeria, from the, maybe from the perspective, of, if you're looking at it from the perspective of communication, then I would mm. say it's the, uh, the mobile communication networks that we have. So a practical example is MTN. Okay, okay. You know MTN? Okay. Let's say for a moment you are the startup and your product is MTN and you're trying to sell to me as an investor how good this product is. Okay. So I am sold. I agree with you. It is the best product on earth. Okay. Then I ask the next question. What about space? Okay. What about space? Space. Like I mean, yeah, like space. Would you be interested to do business in space? They go, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't do this. I don't do space. Okay. So whether it's food, whether it's a service, whether it's anything, they say, no, I can't do it. So I sit there, okay, so what's the problem? Okay, what is the problem? The problem is not your technology. The problem is not even, oh, well, I can't do it. It's you, i.e. you as in physically thinking, I can't do space. You see where the problem is? Yeah. So right now I'm in Japan and I'm trying to help entrepreneurs um, look into the space sector because the prime minister here, Prime Minister Abe, he wants to double the space sector in the next five years. Okay. So my question is how, right? So I'm looking at EU Japan collaboration. It also could mean helping other countries like, you know, in Southeast Asia or even Africa or South America, anywhere really to do business in space. But what I'm finding is the problem or the difficulty is not enough people think they can do space. 
Isn't it interesting, right? Yeah. It's not, I don't have money or I am not a rocket scientist or I don't have a PhD. It's just, I cannot allow myself to do space. So then I think, okay, what is the problem? The problem is not even space. The problem is what I call, um, so take it one step back. So I mentioned law of attraction, but yeah. actually it came from this guy. Have you heard of this guy called Napoleon Hill? Yeah, Fred is with Think and Grow Rich, the author yep. of Think and Grow Absolutely. Rich. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is one of the best recordings I have ever heard. Right. So you have some great authors like Deepak Chopra, Ofra Winfrey, you yeah. know, um, many, many wonderful speakers. But Napoleon Hill's talk, and I'm, I'm putting it as a task for myself to listen to it every day for about one hour for the next three months. So let's see if anything changes, wow. okay? This wow. is about, this that, is about that's, maybe. That's this, this, interesting. Yeah, yeah. This is like maybe about the second or third week. But what's really interesting is when you listen to it, think and grow rich is there's two things. And I think it's exactly the same about space. But as I said before, it has to be collective consciousness. So it's not just me. It's not just you doing it. It has to be everyone that wants to go to space doing it together. So I'll give you an example. Um, He goes, you're going to be able to think and visualize. So that's quite easy. So let's say you're selling me that product. You visualize everywhere, not just in Nigeria, but the whole world is using your network, right? And the second thing is you need to already feel how it feels like to be successful. So you are not just saying it will happen, it's going to happen, but it's already happened. So this is a real mental gymnastics, right? This is not success when you've made success. I'm sure like, you know, like, I, I met a guy once who worked with Elon Musk and he said to me, so do you know how Elon Musk works? I go, I have no idea, right? All I know is from what the newspapers say, yeah? But he said, he is so focused, like so focused in what he's doing. So like me, for example, I go to do my thing. I go home. I want to relax and I stop thinking. I try to anyway, like maybe you also, like you do your podcast and then you want to switch off, you know, have a meal, play football, play basketball, whatever. Because Elon Musk thinks about space 24-7. Or even dreams about space. But I mean, for me, that is really intensive. And I'm not recommending everyone to do that because I don't know how healthy it is. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that mind is so focused. And that is also something I've noticed. I've been speaking to a lot of entrepreneurs in Japan. And that is one trait. I find really admirable. The, the, the ones that are successful and going to be successful are the ones that really have this concentration of the mind. So, um, so yeah, I don't know if that answers the question, but for me... Yeah, um, that, of course, yeah. That's, that answers the question, even more than the question, because you delved into a whole <laughs> lot of areas. I mean, you're like a uh, repository of uh, great knowledge of a whole lot of things... <laughs> Uh, it's, it's very interesting it's very interesting so you touched upon a whole lot of things that i would even like to follow you up on the, 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 okay. some of the areas that you talked about but let, let me stay a little mm-hmm. bit on, more on the, what is actually preventing people from going into expect exploration and you talked about uh, uh, the, your ability mm-hmm. to unplug from your thinking uh, that's kind of uh, uh, mm-hmm the kind of roadblock that prevents you from saying, I can do this. And also you touched upon concentration. But, but let's talk about, so for someone who has overcome uh, these barriers, these mental barriers, and you, we are not going into actual, the, the, the physical work that's actually involved, the real yeah. work that's actually involved. So what do you yeah. think is involved in actually engaging in specs exploration? Let's talk about the hardware. Let's talk about the, okay. uh, the business. Let's talk about the manpower mm. and all of these things. If, you, if you're okay. going into space, let, let's say you're running a space company. Uh, let's say tomorrow Helen is running a space company. And uh, what, would you, what, what, what are the kind of things that you'll be needing? To do that. Okay, right. So, have you heard of the term new space? What? Uh, come again? New space. New space. Okay. As I was researching upon uh, researching on some of your uh, articles, I saw the, the the new space 2060. I was gonna come yes. right. I was gonna come to that later, but uh, you okay. can talk to me about it. Talk to me more about it. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so my area of interest is 
new space, not old space. So what is the difference to help the audience? Old space is basically everything before Elon Musk. So, you know, space agencies are the one like NASA, ESA, JAXA in charge of taking astronauts to space. That's old space. New space is, as I said, Elon Musk leading and everyone else following. So for example, um, in Japan, we have iSpace. They're looking at rovers on the moon. Um, you have deep space industries. They're looking at asteroid mining with water technology. You have Infostellar. They want to do ground stations. So there's communication from space as in the different planets like moon and back on Earth. So if, um, for example, if I am a new space startup, I would say one of the biggest challenges is, of course, um, firstly, doing what I'm saying I'm going to do. So doing the technology, um, that's probably the long-term vision. So a lot of startups right now that I know of, they're looking at, they either got a European space agency funding. Let's say you have to get through the stage one stage at a time. So A, you've got to have an idea of what business you want to do. Okay. And then second, you've got an idea, but then you need to develop. So what we call prototyping. So it could be a service or a technology. That might take you know, between six months to a few good years. Okay. Then after that, then obviously you're going to try and sell, right? But if I work backwards, which would be helpful, I think, is do you have a product or service that has a market demand for what you're trying to sell? And this is what I call the bottleneck of new space. So let's say, I'll give you my example. So when I was working on the satellite propulsion startup, which is all wonderful, all great. It would take a few years to develop the technology. We won my ESA contract. It hasn't flied because I'm basically, uh, my co-founder told me to, to basically said we can't work together, Helen, which was really shocking, but that's another news. Um, but let's see, let's get in a few years time. We have this technology, then we need to sell. My question is, is the market big enough to A, buy, use our service and to talk about an economy, an ecosystem, right? So I'll give you a very simple example. Um, in Nigeria, I don't know, supermarkets are popular or whether just farmer's market are popular. Let's say you need to go out and you need to buy food, okay? Yeah. If you only have one or two people selling, that is not a market, correct? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You market, need, yeah. yeah, you need lots and lots of people to sell things so that you could either barter, exchange, or you buy and sell, yeah, buy and sell. Yeah. Or you could say, I need to make a cake and I need cream and I need strawberries and I need X, Y, and Z. So this is the, I would say, the biggest challenge right now for me from an entrepreneurial point of view, okay? Now, that's problem number one, but it's a big problem, right? Other problem, which is more, I guess, a lot of people will say is we have a launch cost problem. So right now, let's say if I'm a small SAT developer, I want to set, sell, basically it's a small satellite, right? Small satellite with antennas. I want to launch it into space. It will cost me, let's say randomly, at least 200,000 US dollars. Now, for a moment you're thinking, wow, I can buy a house, a car. I can yeah. spend all that money. I don't even need to work if I get that money, right? Yeah. So if it is so expensive, how can everyone do it, right? It's, it's a huge barrier, right? It's like, even for some people's life savings, it's not going to happen. So, okay. So this gets to my third interesting point, which, which, which is, um, it's not an opt out, but I think it's just to be fair to everyone. So my starting position is entrepreneurship is not for everyone. Neither is space. That's what I'm saying. I obviously want it to be open to everyone, but like I said before, even if you pay them, okay, <laughs> even if you pay them, they might say, look, look, dude, I'm too, I'm, I don't want to get radiation. I, I don't think a one way to get to Mars is for me. Fine. No problem. But what I would then say is, okay, you're, you don't want to go, but would you support someone else who wants to go? Okay. And it doesn't have to be just money. It could be resources. It could be support. It could be so many things, right? So there's an element of technology. There's an element of cost. And I think cost is a big one. But for me, I think it is more willpower because you could say, well, I'm sorry, it's too hard. I won't do it. But you could think back then, you know, when we were um, having horse carts, you know, if you said, look, I can develop a vehicle with four wheels and it could be automated, you might think this person is crazy. We will never use it because, you know, our economy is based on having horses or having cows, you know. But 
we go into the future, i.e. today, and everyone drives a car, right? If you suddenly turn to your friend and say, you know what? I think I'm just going to go back and ride a horse or I'm, I'm just going to use a cow to take me to, you know, <laughs> people are thinking, what, you know, what era are you, you know? And so about eight years ago, I started working on unmanned shipping. So, you know, unmanned cars, right? You've heard of drones, right? Yeah. So if you give that eight years ago, eight, 10 years ago, I couldn't have a conversation with a lot of people on these topics because I didn't know what I was talking about. Right. But eight years on, everyone knows what a Google car looks like, or at least understands. okay, you mean there's a car where it's automated and no one is driving it, right? So once you get people talking and you can see the trend, then they're willing to say, okay, well, let's test Hong Kong, Iceland, anywhere in the world, let's test this concept. And now you even have people wanting to sell and buy. And, you know, we haven't quite figured out how it's going to work, but you need a whole collective of people to make it happen. One person is not going to make it happen. I think it's the same with space, but it's okay. It's like, we need to find like-minded people. Again, I use Mahat Gandhi, (laughs) like-minded people that want to come together to do something special, which is space travel or space exploration. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, And for you, do you, how long do you think this will take before you really, really get people together to be really interested in this? Because you talked on, you touched on a very important mm. issue, that, that, and that's the issue of markets, you know, getting people mm. to be really interested in the market. So, as it stands now, space exploration is not something that is really in, people are really into as such. You know, you really get that people who are very interested in these in, in the West and Asia, like your country. Yeah. You can't, if you come to my country in Nigeria and you're talking about space exploration, people will say, are you serious? We've not had food to eat. <laughs> yeah, you're talking to us about space exploration. So what, what time frame do you think it would take for we to really get space exploration to get to the level of social media in the world? Like okay. everybody's okay. really interested in like, I want to travel to the United States. I want to go to Japan. I want to you know a whole lot of people are booking for visa and going to these countries on a daily basis. So how long would you take? How long will it take? Do you, do you think it will take before we get to that point? Okay. So, um, the interest in space travel is already here, but I would say for a proper wholesale, interest like i just book a plane so that it's a whole full capacity of people interested in space exploration i would say maybe 10 15 years and i would say i want it to be as normalized i don't want it to be something that oh so you're going to space i want it to be like yeah I'm going to space, you know, it's a, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. a different kind of attitude. And so I did a, so I write poetry. So I did a haiku on who wants to do have a selfie on space. Right. In fact, about uh, two years ago, I even contacted one of the biggest telecom companies. And I said, what do you think about selfies in space? And they look at me like, Hmm, is it a business proposition? I say, think about it. Right. You and I probably do do selfies, right? Maybe our parents didn't do selfies, but but we do selfies. Now, don't try and get too, you know, um, psychoanalytical. Why do people take selfies? It's a trend, right? It's like suddenly it's hot and everyone wants to do it, right? So I think one of the ways to break into the space market is doing something like who wants to take a selfie to space? And it doesn't even have to be you physically. It could be, could I send my cell phone? up to space to take a few selfies and keep it up there. Or, you know, like, do you see what I'm trying to say? So there's a lot of novel ideas where we cannot understand. Like Snapchat is another good example. I don't use Snapchat, but I know people that do. And if you ask, okay, so what societal benefit (laughs) does Snapchat have? I don't know, but it obviously has a big following. Maybe in the same way that LinkedIn. Like I, I remember very clearly. Do you, do you use LinkedIn? You use yeah, LinkedIn, right? I, I met you. Yeah. I met you on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I remember when I first used LinkedIn and I invited some business person. Their response was anger. How oh, dare wow. you contact me through LinkedIn? Now, two years later, three years later on, he is the most prolific LinkedIn user. Right. So, so my point is when someone has a new idea, it doesn't matter what new idea it is. The normal reaction people have is, Oh my God, it's crazy. You can't do it. You know, but this is so 
normal being humans, right? And yeah. one of the best um, quotes I've ever heard of, and it's from Tim Draper, he's a billionaire, right? So you've got to listen to someone who's a billionaire, right? Yeah. Um, he goes, if you have an idea, talk to maybe 10 of your best friends, you share it with them. Now, if nine out of 10 or 10 out of 10 say, Helen, that is the most craziest idea. Like, oh gosh, this is the craziest idea. Do it. Because they, it's crazy enough for them to not want to do it. So I say to my mom, imagine space is gold. People ignore it. You go and pick up the gold, you will become rich. It's simple as that. Because I think for me, and this is where I would say I have this entrepreneurial streak in me, which is when people see nothing, see no opportunities and this is where you see it, then you are going to be the first wave that's going to benefit from it. Right. I mean, yeah. you don't even need to think like that. I, I'm more of a, I think I've got a more of a humanitarian thread in me than the entrepreneurial. But I think if you think it's possible, other people will start thinking it's possible and then we all start thinking it's possible and then it's a lot easier. Right. It's like, yeah. if I need to build like a, a, a mountain or do, if I need to, create a bridge over a canyon, I can't do it myself, right? I need a whole team of people. But people need to believe that this is going to work, right? Yeah. If they don't believe, they will not invest time, money, resources. It's yeah. simple as that. So you might have some people that will be the final person that pays for it. There are some people that might say, you know what? I want to construct. I want to be part of history, right? So I'll tell you a very good um, thing that I'm trying to do. Do you want to listen to it? Yeah, sure, sure, uh, sure. Right. So this year is, as I said before, the 50th anniversary of uh, space exploration. And there's an annual conference called the International Aeronautical Congress in DC. So there will be thousands of people, right? So two years ago, Elon Musk came to Australia for it. So I was thinking, you know, 50 years of space, we've got thousands of people. What can we do? So about a week ago, there was a guy um, from Poland. He came to visit me. He's a Guinness Book of Records holder. He did the North Pole, South Pole, unassisted, unsupported in one year. Okay? Wow. So I thought, wow. And you know what? And he, does, and, and he trained with astronauts, right, to go North Pole, South Pole. And he doesn't even think about going to space, right? And I look at him and I say, you know what? you are the first candidate I would choose to go to space, right? Because you've already trained. You've trained with astronauts. You've been to hot, cold, really cold weather. But he, even he has not thought about going to space. So then I thought, okay, we need to work on this collective consciousness. We need to work on this idea of getting people to think, right? I don't need you. Yeah, you can just sit in your seat. <laughs> I don't even need you to go anywhere. I just need you to think about going to space. So this is my idea. So I've made a proposal to the International Aeronautical Congress for 2019 in October this year. And I have also done some research on the Guinness Book of Records to see, because I meditate, you see. I want to know what is the world record for meditation, okay? So one of the world records right now is 115 nationalities sat together to meditate for 30 minutes, okay? Wow. Um, Deepak Chopra has, I, I don't know, like 30,000 people or more, but online, but I wanted to do it physically. So this year, I made a proposal to Guinness Book of Records to have 150 nationalities to sit together in a room and meditate for 30 minutes. And I'm going to conduct a sort of, you could say, space travel, right? Let's go space travel to the moon, visualization, right? So nobody has to leave their seat. It doesn't cost you anything. It just costs you to sit down for 30 minutes and not move, okay? And be counted. Now, yeah. the funny thing is, I need two yeses. I need a yes from Guinness Book of Records, and I need a yes from the IAC uh, organizers. So I'm working on that, right? Like, now it's uh, end of January. I've got till, you know, October to convince them it's a good idea and we should do it, right? Because I feel this is so significant. It's about sitting together, visualizing, going to the moon, celebrating 50 years of the moon landing. I, I, I don't know. For me, I think it's a great idea, but obviously yeah, I'm talking to you. Yeah, this is, this, is, this is really extraordinary. Um, this is the first time I'm hearing someone talk about this in, in this way. It's really exceptional. I, I, I would say I, I would I really like to be part oh, of that. I would really like to be part of it uh, because 
you know, because what you're doing here, it's you're connecting people. That, that's the uh-huh. biggest way you can really connect to people, you know, tell people about this, uh, uh, the, the, the issue about of, of going to space. You know, if you can really get people on whatever level, on whatever topic, on whatever thing, to really come together to meditate on a particular uh, issue, then you've gotten them to become, you, you, you just passed the first mark. You've passed the first stage of getting them to be interested, in, not only interested in that, but to be really conscious about, uh, about the whole thing. Because, you know, meditation is something, it's more about going from the, the conscious into the subconscious. And, it's, and, and it gives you mm-hmm. that opportunity to really go deep. On, on that issue or, or the topic that you're really meditating upon. So I think this is, if you achieve this, I think it will be extraordinary. You, you'll be counting that amongst those who really made a very huge mark in space exploration. You don't even need to go to space. You just need to conduct these exercises <laughs> successfully for you to become the Mahatma Gandhi of space exploration. And, and I would love to be part of it. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Well, we'll try and figure a way to make it maybe online as well then so that people who can't physically join us be able to join online. So I thank you for that, for that yeah. inspiration as yeah. well. Yeah. I would love to be there physically. I would love to be there to, yeah. to, feel, to feel the connection, to, you know, yeah, to have yeah. a real-time uh, uh, effect of what it will yeah. be like. Uh, yeah. It's extraordinary. Can I add something else as well? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, so one of the things that I think is impactful is it needs, if it happens, the world needs to know about it. So that's where I yeah. think it would be great to invite media, social media and people to talk about it. Because the problem is you might be doing something wonderful, but if no one knows about it, then it's the same as not, you know, nothing, no one, nobody knowing about it. And so I, I think I, for I, me, you know, teaming, yeah, teaming up with people. Is yeah, I, I think it, it's, it's, uh, this pl- this platform, this is my podcast, can give you the, the whole platform. That can give you the opportunity to to really converse for this as much as long as you uh, you you want to until we achieve it. We can actually use this platform to converse for it and get people to be really uh, interested. Like I'm I'm hundred percent. I'm really into it. It's very fascinating. I'm, I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm really thrilled by how you think and how you really understand issues. It's it's, uh, it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so um, let's uh, move on. Um, uh, uh, this discussion is so interesting. I'd like to touch upon something that is very important and we, when we talk about space exploration because, you know, and it appears it's going to be like uh, the next hurdle that we, we might uh, meet uh, when talking about space or even going to space because, you know, going into space uh, involves a whole lot of things physically. Now, uh, from the perspective of the radiation and the, the, the costs, uh, the whole, because we are built as, as humans, as homo sapiens, we are built to live on earth. Uh, from our evolutionary perspective, we've been built to live on earth. So going into space will entail uh, some changes that will be made in our body, uh, to entail some uh, the issues of radiation, and even the gravity is quite different from what we have here. So it will, in, in, it will take a lot of toll on us to really do that on our bodies ordinarily. And so many people have talked about that the reason for going into space is for us to become interplanetary species, or for us to become or multiplanetary species. So, and I keep asking the question, is this really important? And this goes back to the first question I asked, space exploration is very important. As a, why do we want to become interplanetary species? Uh, is it important? Is it necessary that we become interplanetary species? Can we become interplanetary species? Okay. And, uh, let, okay. So let me ask you a question. So do you there is life other than ours in the universe? I think I'll sit on the fence on that question because I'm not really sure. Uh, I, I, I think if, if you're giving a vote okay. on that, I will stand undecided about it okay i've I've watched a couple of movies that you know they've projected things like that (laughs) but i still look at you know issues about space and i think this is a whole dark thing you know you look at the space it's so dark we've not gotten any this thing but i know they've been giving us clues on from the ufos and a whole lot of stuff like that but i I think i'm still undecided on that 
Okay. So um, we talk about space and we talk about planets and we talk about galaxies that are billions of light years away from us. Okay. So when I say the universe, we're talking about massive, massive, vast, like for example, if I measure my life, let's say I live to a hundred years old, I am like a tiny speck, right? Yeah. In the whole of development the, of the universe, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, so like a sun takes billions and billions of years to grow and expand. So my view is it is impossible that we are the only ones here, okay? Um, okay, so basically what I'm trying to say is we, for whatever reason, haven't yet managed to find other life forms outside of the universe. Now, and in all fairness, right, um, it is quite interesting. And I think we do have to put Hollywood aliens aside because I don't think it's a fair assessment. It's like judging before knowing kind of thing. Yeah. Um, when I was, um, and, I've, and I've, I've been, you know, you could say guilty of being in that generation of watching too many Hollywood films, right? <laughs> too many like Will Smith and too many like, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. All, all, all the sci-fis. <laughs> yeah, all the sci-fi. Films. So I'm aware that I'm also, you know, indoctrinated in that sense. But let's say I went to a museum once in um, New Zealand Christchurch. And the museum actually released documents uh, now that were not released back then in the 1970s. And it, they were phone conversations um, of people calling the police station, basically saying, look, I'm seeing a sorcerer up in sky. Like, I'm seeing this and that. Now, the funny thing is, you know, like someone say, oh, that's conspiracy theory or like, oh, you know, that can't have happened or, oh, you know, it might've just been like a flying star. Right. Yeah. But I think when you get not just one person talking, but a lot of people, and I'm pretty sure you got to be, you know, quite serious to call the police station and to make a report. Right. I mean, you could see something and just go ignore it or something. Yeah. So I have this theory, which have you watched the film Black Panther by any chance? Yeah. I've, I've seen the film. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. It's amazing. But yeah. I have, I think something like that is going on. So basically let's say use the word aliens. I don't have a better word. Let's say aliens are really high tech, right? Let's say really, really high tech. And I have had a friend who actually met He's a very serious meditator and he's had encounters, right? So a bit on the level of shamanism and all that. And he basically says they're, they're um, transient. So in other words, they're not physical form. They're, how can I say, if you've watched the film, is it, um, oh, what is it called? I can't remember. Basically, the alien's landing, right? But they kind of communicate, yet they don't, you don't physically see them. It's that kind of communication. And what I'm basically trying to say is, there's a few things. My theory is we haven't, they came, um, they saw that Earth has nothing to offer them, and they left, basically, right? Um, by the stage, when we talk about the singularity, when we've reached a stage of technology that's actually something worthy for them to consider, they're going to come back to Earth and they're going to start talking to us and communicate, right? Yeah. And, and I don't necessarily see it like Star Wars. I don't necessarily see it like, <laughs> oh my God, you know, it's a security problem. No, it's a human perception that it could be, right? But at the same time, it's a bit like when we were, I don't know, like we talk about where we're from. Right. And if you go back, I think we're all from Africa, right? Like, yeah, at some point, I don't know, Homo sapiens, they then roam the world. And then because of geography, because of all these things, they change color, hair color, skin color, whatever. Right. They adapt to the local environment. Right. But yeah. even monkey, right. Like I said to my friend, I think something like 99.9% .9 of our DNA is like our relatives are like the apes. Right. And she's yeah. like, wow, you mean that 0.01% difference and we're so different? I'm like, yeah, but if you look at them, their eyes, the way they, you know, nurture their babies and the way they, you know, they're just like human beings, right? So yeah. anyway, that's a different topic. But what I'm trying to say is one of the interesting questions I ask is, let's say we do go into space, not just for tourism. We, we, first, we go to space for exploration for tourism. And then we're going to go to space to really try and settle. Who do we want to go there? And one of the interesting things I would say is we need someone who is a total diplomat, someone who's totally calm. Obviously, they know how to deal with crisis management. Because imagine if you face, go face to face with an alien, right? You definitely do not want aggressive, you know, self-defensive people <laughs> that start shooting at aliens. You actually <laughs> want someone like who go, okay, I don't speak your language. 
you definitely don't speak my language, but how can we communicate? And if you think about it this way, this is no different of the way we deal with animals, the way we deal with other, you know, national nationals or people that we meet. We can't speak their language, but we need to talk to each other somehow so that we can, you know, go buy or buy something or, you know, so it's very interesting for me, like all this development with technology, all this development space exploration is like a mirror. We're trying to mirror what kind of society we are. So to go back to your question, like, why do we want to go and explore these plans? Is I think because when we go outside, like, like when I say outside, it could mean you go outside of the comfort of your house. You go outside the comfort of your country. I even say you go outside your body. Like, let's say, um, so there's a form of meditation um, which involves you, okay, you and, okay, I'm looking at you right now yeah. on the phone. You're looking at me. Imagine for a moment that you are the wall looking at you. Okay, can you visualize that? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, and then, yeah. Okay, and then, and then you have a different perspective, right? And then now for a moment, imagine you are the ceiling, okay, and you're looking at you. Do you see how different that perspective is, right? Yeah. That, that kind of visualization is really powerful because you're training your brain and your mind to think differently, right? So in the same way, our perception of how can we get ourselves out of this poverty? How can we get ourselves out of this situation? It could be natural disaster. It could be hunger. It could be any societal problem. But because you think differently, you have a different solution. Right. So yeah. in, in Chinese, it's a very good phrase. It's a very, very good phrase, which is, um, imagine you're a frog, right? And if you are stuck in a well and you look up and you say, you look at the sky and you go, this is my world, right? How limited is your world? Correct. Right. But let's say if you're the frog, but you can actually jump out of this well and go on earth. And you look around and you go, wow, look at how big, how expansive this world is, right? Now, for the frog to say, oh, this is just, I, mean, I don't want to go up there because all there is just sky. All there is just blue sky. There's nothing out there, right? Yeah. If the frog has the imagination, what if I were to look from above and see what are the possibilities? You see the difference, yeah. right? And I think in life, you know, there's so many, I mean, I'm inspired by motivational speakers. And if I can go and inspire other people, wonderful, right? That's what I'm trying to do with the entrepreneurs. But the point is, if you can imagine a better future for yourself, a better future for your family, society, then why not? You know, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. All the most successful billionaires or, you know, entrepreneurs, that's what they're going for. They're trying to solve a billion dollar problem. And in fact, today, I'm at a blockchain conference. And one guy who also happens to be another billionaire, he goes, don't count billionaires by money. Everyone can be a billionaire. Everyone who wants to solve a billion dollar, a problem that impacts on a billion people is a billionaire. And I honestly, I like his definition. I think that doesn't stop anyone to say, hey, you know, if I want it, I can do it. But it's not to say it's easy, right? Like if it was yeah. easy, everyone would do it, right? Yeah. But I think it's the idea of, there are some people that look at it and say, look, this is too hard. It could be anything. It could be sitting for an exam. It could be writing a paper. It could be, you know, cycling to the mountain. It could be catching fish. I don't know what, you know, everyone has their own definition of what is difficult. And then there are some people like, okay, you're telling me it's difficult. Let's have another look at this. Let's look at it differently. Right. Let's look at this. What if we said that this difficulty is an opportunity, right? What I'm trying to say is everyone has a different idea, different idea of the same thing, right? Like a different yeah. idea. If we say no judgment, there's no right and wrong. It's just your preference. Then I would say, do what makes you feel comfortable and do what you think is very good, like your strengths, right? I'm, I, I get this feeling you speak a lot of languages. I don't know why. Right? I, I mean, I, I'm just guessing, right? Not only do you speak English, you probably speak a local dialect, a local village yeah. dialect. Your parents, yeah. Yeah. But this is incredible. A lot of people outside, I mean, in this world, only speak English, right? Like I speak you know, Chinese. I study a little bit of other languages. But what I'm trying to say is we have many, many talents. And 
we focus on what we want to do and we just do what we want to do. So what I'm trying to say is those that want to explore, go and explore. Those that don't want to explore, fine, but don't stop the others that do want to explore. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Like yeah. I think Marco Polo or, or, you know, all these other explorers, they all say, look, the world is flat. You're going to go, you're going to fall off and die. Well, guess what? I don't think the world was that flat. It was quite round and they just came back home, right? With a story to tell, right? Yeah. So, so I think life is sometimes quite funny like that. Like if you have faith and I think a lot of entrepreneurs are like that, they do not know whether they're going to succeed or fail, but in their heart, they know they want to succeed. So it's this knowing that you know, it keeps them going, right? It's the same way. Like you might study for your degree. You don't know if you're going to be successful doctor, lawyer, engineer, teacher. There's no guarantee just because you have a qualification, you'll be successful. But people wish or they strive to. And I think, yeah, that's a very long-winded way of answering why do we need to explore. We don't have to, but I think it'll be great in our lifetimes to actually see what else is out there in the world. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people <laughs> think, a lot of people actually think that, um, uh, we actually need to become interplanetary species uh, as a matter of urgency uh, because uh, we could meet an, an extinction problem here on Earth. We can, uh, an asteroid can come and hit us. We, the, the global warming could uh, destroy us. So that, for them, they believe that something can, an extinction event would invariably happen in the future. Uh, so, uh, and I think uh, for them, they think that's the, the more reason why we should become interplanetary species. Uh, but uh, I also have the perspective that you, you took on this. Um, I, I love you. I love how you actually approach issues because you actually go uh, deep uh, within. And I think that is attributed to uh, your, the fact that you actually practice meditation and uh, you're much, you're, you're someone who's much deeper when you're analyzing issues. And I found that very fascinating. I'll have a separate podcast with you where we'll talk, we'll go even more deep on some of these issues concerning meditation and mindfulness because I'm really interested in, in those. So let's take a, a, an, another question. I don't know if you're running out of time. Um, uh, maybe another five more minutes, if that's okay or so. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. okay quickly. Okay, let, let me just take another question. So how do you think... Uh, Entrepreneur, because on this show we usually talk about emerging technologies. That's the, the, the that's the crust of, of of the podcast. You you are a tech advisor and you're also a legal futurist. Um, mm-hmm. and you, you also in, you usually interface with entrepreneurs time and again. So looking at the emerging technologies that are actually in the world today, that are actually you not know, coming yeah. out and how they are impacting on us, their, their scope and scale. What emerging technologies do you think will have the most profound effect on us? And how can entrepreneurs actually leverage on those emerging technologies? So this is a very good question, an interesting question for me. So I'm um, more recently an author for UNESCO on the second um, engineer's report where I've, I've actually written the emergent technology chapter for policymakers and all those that are in the engineering field. So I think there's plenty, right? Like the ones that are most obvious are like AI, IoT, you know, um, actually this week there's another conference on nanotech, you know, 3D printing. There is... I mean, there's, you know, biohacking, if you're into medicine, there is so much. Um, I would say for the individual, let's say if you're a startup and you come to me and you say, oh, Helen, I'm interested in exploring this or whatever. I would say, what is it you're interested in? If you're an entrepreneur, find what you are interested. It could be in the field of medicine, right? Sciences, law and policy, you know, it, or even the arts. It could be anything. I would say find your interest, find more about it, do what you're doing, talk to people, be curious. And I think slowly you will grow your interest and know where you are. So for example, 10 years ago, if you said, oh, you're a blogger, you're a coder, no one will know what on earth you're doing, right? I think this is the exact same thing. In the next few years, we will see jobs, we will see opportunities where we do not understand now, right? And so that's why I think actually in for, for the millennials, for our generation, it's an incredible time to be alive, I think, to be able to see and learn things that, and, and that's the other thing, it's about being a lifelong student. <laughs> it's all about that. It's about, you know, learning and doing. Um, 
But alongside as we do that, and I've done this in a number of my talks, is we also need to be more conscious about the law and ethics of what we're doing. Because there are a lot of things that we could just develop and, you know, basically replace potentially humans with robots. But there are a lot of ethical questions that I think we need to consider. I don't think that's the case. I think actually growth of AI robotics and all that will provide more opportunities for humanity. Like for example, agri-tech, agricultural farming, where farmers can free up their time and they do other things. Uh, yeah, but I would say go for your passion, what you love and pursue it. Okay, um, you, you've studied a whole lot of these technologies. Um, can you point out mm -hmm. anyone amongst them that will have the most profound effect on whatever technology or whatever business that you're going into? So there's two. Uh, one is 3D printing. So this idea of, imagine printing an ear, right? An ear with human cells and then using it for human operations. So in the past, if someone needs a heart, they need to wait for someone else to die to get a heart operation, right? They need another yeah. heart to replace another heart. But imagine if you can 3D print using your own cells, right? Yeah. That's great, right? I mean, I mean, there's, I mean, I'm in Japan, so talking about health and longevity is a very good discussion. Yeah. I had lunch with a, a friend. His grandmother is 95, and he is so normal about it. Like, yeah. you know I, I love this right? Okinawa. I don't know. Uh, Okinawa is in Japan, yeah, right? Yeah. So if you talk about technology and particularly healthcare, I would say look at what Japan is doing because they definitely need, I mean, they definitely have people who live very long. And they mm. also um, need to deal with this as a whole society, right? Yeah. But I guess, um, so for me, 3D printing is very um, interesting. Second thing is I would say um, satellite da da data imagery. <clears throat> so I'm doing eJapan new space, but we're also looking at space applications. And what that means is when you send satellites to space and they send back imagery, what do you do with that, right? For some, it's about, oh, let me analyze the data to look at disaster management, uh, floods, where is it coming from, drought. But I think there is actually a lot more that we can do. I don't have an answer. I don't really know what exactly. But in terms of, like, for example, where are you now? Where am I now? If I need to cross the road and go back home, I might need to use my phone to Google Maps. Or maybe one day if I come to Nigeria, I need to visit you. I need to, like, figure out where I'm going. Yeah. So, it's a small thing. So this idea of using data, using satellite um, space applications, you know, we call it uh, global navigation systems, GNSS. This yeah. is all very important. So I think in the future, I would say that, and then when you connect it with IoT, with robotics, that becomes very incredible, right? It'll be yeah. like um, where, yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole, I, I can't really pin down what one thing is, but you can see when you connect it all together, it becomes quite a powerful. Yeah, shape the way um, we're yeah. Exactly. It's, it's transformative. It's transformative yeah. in how we live and our future lives. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. I, I think this is the best conversation that I've had this weekend. This conversation that actually <laughs> made my week, uh, you're, you're such a fascinating person, very amazing, brilliant ideas, you know, interesting perspectives, oh, thank how you. you really see things. Uh, they're quite encouraging. Yeah. So thank you very much for uh, gracing the show today. And, sure. Uh, I hope uh, next time we'll call yeah. that you would answer my call and uh, come to the show and talk to us more about these issues. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks. Yeah. yeah thank you very much. So that's it for today's episode of Future Discussions Podcast. I hope you did enjoy it. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, uh, your iTunes. You can also subscribe to the show on your Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review of the show as this helps us in improving the quality, the content and the value that we bring to you. Fresh episodes like our Facebook page at Future Discussions Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Future Discuss. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chuku Augustus. Chuku Augustus is spelled C H U K W A U G U S T S. Also on Instagram, it's the same handle. If you have any products or any type of products that you would like us to talk about on this show that can really add value to people's lives, you can contact us uh, featurediscussions8 at gmail.com 
that's futurediscussions8 at gmail.com contact us so that we can uh, talk about that and see how we can bring value to people's lives through technology once again thanks very much for listening to this episode join us some other time